You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Sunday evening? All kinds of action. And as we do every week at this time, I get in touch with three of the Locked On hosts. We got the Panthers lined up for you. We got the Falcons and we got the Steelers. And Bill, let's talk Panthers yet again. You know, I've been, I've been keep bringing you on, but it's three wins in a row. The Panthers are playing really well. I think they're a really topical team. I mean, it's amazing just to see how much this offense has improved. But yeah, you know, it, it's getting, I don't want to say old hack is we love talking football, but yeah, I mean, three weeks in a row. It just goes to show how fantastic of a recent stretch the Panthers have had. You know, going it goes back to that uh, comeback win against the Eagles when they seemed to be left for dead at 17 nothing, and they've been unstoppable now for essentially nine straight quarters. Yeah, they really have. And I'll be honest, I've had you on the last two weeks, and I've really enjoyed our conversations, but I'm going to pull back the curtain. I'm doing this on a somewhat selfish basis because your Panthers are coming to town on Thursday night, and I got to talk Steeler Nation Radio for the next couple days. So I'm going to steal some of your information so I sound smart on the air to get ready for a short week. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, not a problem, man. (laughs) And I'm going to go to that game. I'm pretty excited. It'll be the first, only game I really go to this year. But um, this offense, I mean, we saw. Samuel with an unbelievable double reverse, but we're seeing ends arounds and jet motions and all kinds of misdirection. What has happened to North Turner? I know. I, I it was amazing to really watch. You know, and we've talked over the last couple of weeks about how it seemed like North Turner has opened up the playbook for the Panthers, but obviously he has a lot more tricks up his sleeve that we didn't know about because I think they just set everything in motion quite literally and figuratively, um, you know, DJ Moore in the backfield. You mentioned the Curtis Samuel touchdown, which, I mean, that was a thing of beauty. Right. The uh, Even just the Cam Newton, like, fake block was pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm coming to gate. No, I'm not. I'm just going to sneak off here. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, it's been so fascinating watching the different – combinations and you know whatever term you want to use yeah in watching this Panthers offense just continue to grow over the last couple weeks I mean it's you know it's just become so dynamic now that your opposing defenses really have to be like okay what are they going to come up with this week and how are we going to defend this you know and it's it's not just your usual suspects I mean Alex Armour got even got into the mix uh in terms of the scoring today Mm -hmm. so they are just continuing to evolve in terms of who they have attacking you. So, I mean, it's, it's really been fun. And, you know, the, the rest of the NFC South for sure. And the NFC, uh, better start, uh, better start worrying a little bit because all the talk, obviously the Rams just played the saints and the saints with a big win, but you know, here come those Panthers quietly, or maybe not as quiet now, but slowly creeping up on those two teams in the NFC. Yeah. And they absolutely look like a playoff team to me. Um, no, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, without doubt. 
and they have extreme versatility with their skill position players, but it still goes through Cam and McCaffrey to me. I mean, they're the cogs. They're the, the heart of it all that make all the other peripheral things work so well. But I thought if anything held this offense back more of a side, I thought this offensive line would be a liability, and it isn't at all. No, and I've mentioned numerous times, I think, now on my podcast that for as many question marks as we had going into the season with the injuries and the constant shuffling, this offensive line really has gelled together and really, you know, like you mentioned the skill players, but yeah, the offensive line has been kind of a key cog and, you know, like a guy like Chris Clark, you pick him off pick him up off the streaks after week one. You stick him in left tackle, and he's been having a fantastic season. Taylor Moten, I personally am so happy that he's playing well because I was a big fan of his coming out of Western. I liked you too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I saw him at the Senior Bowl uh, and then got to watch a little bit of film on him. He basically became my man crush during the the 2017 draft season. So to see see him succeed the way he is right now, um, I mean, I'll I'll pat myself on the back for really – fighting hard for this kid and you know it, it's something i discussed some point one of the i think friday on my podcast the interesting decision now that's coming up soon uh, very soon within i think the next week or two in terms of chris clark versus the returning matt khalil what direction yeah, he's right. going i personally think they should stick with uh chris clark because you know, don't fix what's not broken. And this offensive line clearly is not broken. I think if you put Matt Khalil in there, you're taking a step back. You're regressing. Chris Clark at least gives you, has given you a stable left tackle all season. And I discussed a little bit too about how the Panthers can save themselves some money and really get out of that contract if they make him a post June 1st cut. So I think you really got to start looking not just the rest of this season, but next year and down the line with this upcoming decision. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And I, I'm not taking anything away from the, the, the Panthers at all, but that Bucks D is bad. Oh, I mean, it's oh, bad. Oh, boy. I, it, I thought they would be respectable this year. Closer. I thought they'd be better. They're worse. Especially after those first two weeks. I mean, you beat the, you put a 40, 48 on the Saints. You know, you, you go into New Orleans right. and win a shootout with them week one. Then you beat the defending champ. Now, granted, obviously the Eagles had a lot of injuries, but still. Beating the defending Super Bowl champions is still, I mean, Nick Nick Foles was still the Super Bowl MVP. So that's, and they nearly beat your Steelers in week three. I mean, they were pretty close to a 3-0 start. Now it's what, five out of six they've lost, and I think they're really starting to show their true colors, unfortunately. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, got to give him credit. Obviously, he played very well, as usual. You know, first half, not so much, but second half, really stepped up. That magic really kicked in, but... Boy, I mean, you still can't get the running game going. Your defense, defense like is bad. shots. I mean, it's just been a mess down in Tampa Bay. And, you know, obviously you're looking at a likely new quarterback situation come the offseason. And I wonder what's going to happen with their cutter, too. Yeah, I might promote the offense coordinator, to be honest with you. But um, speaking, uh, you know, Panthers D here, I, I got to – a quick question for you, and then I want to tell everyone about Vivid Seats, and then I'm going to get on to Aaron Freeman with the Falcons and keep it within the NFC South. But Bradbury is a really good corner, and he's following, and we heard nothing from Evans today. From what I saw, he basically shadowed Mike Evans and won. 
And Jackson's been a really good corner, too, in his rookie year. Really fast, very different styles of corners. What's your hunch on Thursday night? Do you think Bradbury follows Juju and Jackson gets a B? Um, will Bradbury go to the slot against Juju? I mean, or how do you think that works? That's a good question, you know. Yeah. I, um, I mean, you got you got to like the speed of Dante Jackson. I could see a situation where maybe they stick him against Antonio Brown for a little bit, see if he can use that mm-hmm. to keep up with Antonio Brown. Um, like you said, James Bradbury played well, so I could definitely see him going up against Juju. Um, you know, maybe they mix and match a little bit. So that that's going to be something really, uh, really interesting to watch is how, because, you know, like you said, there's even just outside of those two, there's a whole bunch of good receivers. You know, the offense has been picking up real well in Pittsburgh, but uh, I, I think you brought up a good point. That's definitely going to be one of the fascinating matchups to watch is how do something to think about exactly. How do they kind of interchange those two against AB and Juju? And obviously not a lot of time to think about it. So better come up with something quick. If you're Eric Washington. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, my loyalties and me going to the game and all that aside, I think it's gonna be one of the best Thursday night games in a while. No doubt. Um, Bill, where can everyone find you besides locked on Panthers? Yeah, Locked On Panthers, Panthers Wire, Bengals Wire, and going to start doing some college basketball work as well oh, cool. with uh, you know the season starting Tuesday, actually. I can't believe that. Uh, a couple big games there with Duke and, uh, I believe, Kentucky and Kansas against Michigan State. So going to start pumping out some, you know, not so much right now because it's only November, but as the season progresses, I'll get some more bracketology posts. Almost like a mini Joe Lenardi, by the way. I've been doing better than Joe Lenardi the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> nice. Or last couple of years. So, you know, a little, little shout out there. But, yeah, you know, great time of year. And once again, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Like, uh, I think third time was definitely another charm for us. Absolutely. It's been a good, stu- good stuff. And since your team's playing on Thursday, I don't think we'll be talking Sunday night. But I do want to urge people to check out Vivid Seats. I mean, if you're a Carolina fan coming up, uh, making the road trip here, send me a, a note on on Twitter at Williamson NFL. I'll tell you all the hot spots. If you're like me and you're you know from Pittsburgh and trying to get to this game, go to Vivid Seats and get your get your butts down there. Or if you're going to do other things, like I said, I'm getting Penn's hockey tickets through Vivid Seats. So Vivid T- Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find the seats of any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, all caps, and you get 20 bucks off orders $200 or more if you're a first-time customer. So, Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. That's all I use. It's super easy. Enter our promo code Locked On, all one word, and then you get twenty bucks off orders, two hundred dollars or more, and if you're a first time customer. So again, all Vivid Seats orders are confirmed and backed by a hundred percent guarantee. All right, we are back, and as I said, we are going to keep it within the NFC South. Very interesting division right now. We just talked Panthers, and now we have Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons. Aaron, what is shaking, man? How are you? I'm doing good, Matt. Glad to be on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
a big win. I mean, the Saints won, Panthers won, but the your birdies aren't dead yet. I mean, they look good, and I think they're going to make this thing interesting when it's all said and done. Yeah, today's win against Washington, 38-14, to was their most impressive win of the season to be able to go into Washington uh, on the road where the Falcons have struggled in their previous road games against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh with the offense really sort of sputtering in those games and take on this Washington defense, which has been one of the better defenses in the league this season to be able to face that pass rush, to be able to run the football against one of the best run defenses in the league, to be able to throw the football against a secondary that has been sort of struggling this year, but certainly has been more good than bad this year. And for the uh, Falcons defense to um, come out there and, and shut down Adrian Peterson, you know, stopping the run has been an issue for this team throughout the season. And they were able to keep Adrian Peterson in check this game. And when you can do that against this Washington offense um, and also get off to a fast start and make them play from behind, it's a great recipe for success, and then we saw it today on Sunday. Yeah, I want to start with the defense, actually, because there was a part portion of the season early on that I thought this was in contention for the worst defense in the league after the injuries really hit these guys hard. And clearly it's improving. Um, Trufant dropped an interception or two. It could have been even worse. I think it absolutely has to be noted that you know the Redskins' O-line was crushed by injuries, and... When they got down, they're not the type of team that can come back. It showed kind of the one-dimensional one dimensional nature of the Redskins. But that being said, I mean, your guys won the battle at the line of scrimmage. Clearly were the better unit when Washington had the ball. Yes, um, that was some, you know, you know, the Redskins offensive line issues was something that we talked about on Locked on Falcons today. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where this Falcons defensive line has not played great this season, but things have picked up these last couple of games, uh, probably not coincidentally against a Giants offensive line that has struggled the last, uh, throughout the season. And then today with the Redskins offensive line that really struggled with injuries. Um, but, you know, really at this point, the Falcons are looking for any sort of momentum that they can get on defense. And they've seen that the last couple of games and to be able to get some pressure, to be able to stop the run and play a complete performance, this defense really just haven't seen at all the season uh, since week one when they were actually healthy before all the injuries hit. Yeah, it's a good point. And let's switch it to the other side of the ball because very encouraging. And, and a couple things I wanted to point out just so my audience knows. First of all, Julio found the end zone. Holy smokes. It's, you know, like I'm so tired of this in the fantasy community, the poor guy. Like, like he's having a bad year. Uh, after today, Julio Jones is averaging 116 and a half yards per game this year. I mean, come on. Anyone that's saying, boy, Julio doesn't look the same, you're out of your mind. I mean, he is a madman. But what I wanted to bring up was Sark, you know, that much maligned, had to follow in some really big footsteps as a Falcons offensive coordinator. But how about the red zone and third down production this year, and especially in this game? Yeah, it was, it's interesting because they were a pretty productive third down offense last season, but it was a very stark contrast between when they were in third and short and third and manageable versus third and long. Um, and last year they really struggled in third and long, and this year they're I think they're the number one defense uh, in terms of conversions, uh, in, in terms of third downs with seven or more yards to go last time I checked. Um, 
And, you know, so their ability to basically, regardless of whether they can stay on schedule on those early downs and getting these certain manageables and still be able to convert and move the chains and, and possess the ball has been a major improvement this year. Uh, the red zone has been the biggest improvement for this offense uh, from a year ago where they really struggled there and really stagnated. Um, and you can argue a lot of that is owed to Julio Jones. And last year, they, they really tried to force feed the ball to Julio Jones. It did not result in success. Certainly, many people have observed why that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why would throwing the football to arguably the best player on the planet not work for you? But for some reason, it does not work for the Falcons. And this year, they've spread the ball around a lot more. They've been able to run the football much more effectively in the red zone. And it's led to a lot more success. And you're right. Sark has you know been the big catalyst for this offensive growth this year. His play calling has been much better. Uh, he, a lot of the criticism he deserved last year, but all the praise that he's getting this year, I think he also equally deserves. Yeah, you mentioned the run game, and I didn't see that coming. You know, like I could, I know the skins D's good, but I could envision Ryan and Julio and those guys throwing on anyone. But I thought it was going to be on Ryan's shoulders entirely if they won this game, and he played very, very well. I'm not taking it away from him, but Tevin Coleman and, and Smith as well, um, very, very good showing. But to me. Kind of like we talked about on defense, the game ball goes to the big men. Absolutely. And one of the things we've talked about a lot on Lockdown Falcons this year is the struggles in the run game seem to be more an issue of the blocking than necessary the this yeah. lack of ability of the running backs. Although, notably, Devontae Freeman has only really played two games this year. And that's probably a contributing, certainly a contributing factor to why the Falcons have struggled to run the football. So this game today where Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith, I think they combined for uh, over 130, 140 yards on 23 carries today. And to have that sort of success against, again, as I mentioned, one of the better run defenses in the league was huge. They also made an impact in the passing game as well. So when the Falcons can really spread the ball uh, and be this balanced offense and not sort of be solely concentrating on Julio Jones, uh, they become this offense that's really impossible to stop even for a high-level defense like the Redskins. Yeah, I mean, you have to pick your poison, and either way you get poisoned. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a complete package. And I was happy to see that from Coleman, because I've been a believer in him, too, and the the holes were certainly there. Um, Aaron, any other little notes? And please tell everyone where they can find you, and then I want to tell everyone about our buddies over at MyBookie. No, no, I think we hit most of the things about today's game. Um, If people want to find my stuff obviously they can find me on the locked on falcons podcast they can find me on twitter at falc fans it's f-a-l-c-f-a-n-s and you can also find some of my written content at falcfans.com good stuff good stuff and we obviously could talk a lot longer but i got the steelers coming up here right after and i want to tell everyone about my bookie uh, like i've told you guys many times every friday i go to my bookie and mybookie.ag Look at all the lines, pick all the games for you guys with and without the spread. And they've been very good to me. And I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. And they absolutely are. So I am urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting. Like if you got a hunch early in this game that, boy, my Falcons got it today. Put some bucks down even after kickoffs already started. They have over-under on fantasy points and the most rewarding player perks in the biz. MyBookie is slammed with new bettors because they're doing such a great job, and they want to give everyone the best service possible. 
So what they want you to do is to wait until you're willing to wait until after seven o'clock Eastern, and then they throw twenty five bucks on or on on top of any deposit over a hundred bucks. Like that's free money, guys. That that's the best thing any best thing going. So if you join now, my bookie will match you your deposit dollar for dollar. Use our promo code locked on locked. That's locked on two five locked on two five. Locked on 25, and, and that activates the offer. So make sure you do it after 7 o'clock Eastern. You get 25 free on top of your 100. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget our promo code, Locked On 25 So it's up to you guys, but I'd wait till maybe you're listening to Sunday night. Do it right now. Take the extra money. So you play, you win, you get paid. All right, as I promised, we are back with my hometown team. Tony Serino of Locked On Steelers. Big win today, man. How are you? Very good, very good. Yeah, huge win for the Steelers. They, they had lost the, the previous matchup here in Pittsburgh, so going to Baltimore and getting that win, absolutely gigantic for this football team. Yeah, and I think it's a gig- even a more gigantic loss for the Ravens. And, yeah. um, you know, I've I, I really turned the corner. I'm, I'm optimistic about the Steelers, especially the defense, that it's getting better. This team's going in the right direction. But I think my number one takeaway out of that game was maybe the Ravens weren't really even a contender to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, the Steelers yeah. were pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, defensively, the Steelers have certainly – they look like a different defense than the one that played against Baltimore a month ago. Uh, that that game was characterized by the, the Ravens you know, going right down the field with big plays in the first half and the second half, methodically moving down and kicking field goals. In this game, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Ravens, yeah, they did some mi- nice misdirection, but – you know, they just weren't on the Steelers level, and you could tell this game was close because Steelers-Ravens is always close. But, you know, from the play on the field, they looked like the Steelers were certainly the better football team. Yeah, I mean, they controlled the action. Uh, I thought their line play overall was better. They were able to run the ball. In the first meeting, I didn't think the Steelers game planned to run the ball. You know, it was going to no. be a Ben game, and I think they've learned from that mistake. And, no, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Steelers. I mean, you go into Baltimore and win a game – I, I, and actually, I picked the Ravens because I thought proud organization backed into a corner. I don't like any of the matchups from a Ravens perspective, but I just thought they'd figure out a way to get a Justin Tucker win with no time left on the clock. Yeah, it, you, you're right because uh, you look at this game and it does. It feels the same coming out of it that that the win in Cincinnati felt like, where yeah, the Steelers beat the beat the the Ravens. But is this more about who the Ravens are? Was that game against the Bengals more about who the Bengals were? Um, I don't know that we learned a whole lot about the Steelers other than, you know, look, they went into a hostile environment again and won a football game that they probably should have won. I mean, they have more talent on, on the field. I mean, and you could tell that in the football game. Uh, but like I you said, I was, was pretty obvious, you know, like yeah, they, they, yeah. They had better players. Absolutely. Absolutely. On both sides. Well, maybe not on both sides. Defensively, the Steelers maybe leave a little to be uh, in the secondary. But I, I thought, you know, you're right. The defensive line was great in this football game for the Steelers. The offensive line has been tremendous over the past three weeks. And you know, it doesn't get talked about enough how good they've played during this winning streak. Ben hasn't been touched. Connor's got, you know, holes for days. Uh, th- this offense and, and this team is playing really well right now. Yeah, they really are. And fewer mistakes. Um Physical, found their identity, I think, on both sides of the ball. Knock on wood, healthier than most teams are this time of year. You know, I think the bye came at a good time. Um, what other takeaways did you have? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really honest because I, I had locked on Panthers on, and I told him, I said, I'm bringing you on to cheat so I can get a jump on my Thursday, my Thursday 
um, you know, scouting reports on the Panthers coming to town here. Then I brought the Locked On Falcons folks on, and uh, and when I bring those guys on, I have a handful of things in front of me that I want to talk about. But with you, you know, I watched every snap of this game. I don't have anything to talk about, so I kind of wanted to just kind of yeah. throw it your direction. I don't have a, an outline for the Steelers because I can throw yeah. any way you want. So I wanted you to kind of steer the ship a little bit. Well, let me let me ask you this, Matt, because it's something I've been debating on on Locked On Steelers the last couple weeks, and, and it, it's about James Conner. You know, James yeah. Conner came into this season in the shadow of Le'Veon Bell, and every every time he puts up the, these numbers, it gets compared to well, how did Le'Veon Bell look through eight weeks, through nine weeks? Right, it makes me nuts. How at what point does that conversation change, and we stop talking about Le'Veon Bell in the shadow, or excuse me, James Conner in in the in the shadow of Le'Veon Bell, and start talking about James Conner as being one of the better running backs in the league? Because to me, I know the Steelers' offensive line is opening up big holes, but I think he leads the league in enforced missed tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been tremendous as a receiver out of the backfield, very underrated in his pass blocking as well. I think he's been you know the the full package at running back, and yet the conversation with Conner is always. In the, in the shadow of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And every step of the way, I've had some doubts about Connor. But more than that, and when and when these conversations come up, I've usually said, well, I bet Lev Bell probably would have done pretty well against the Brownies last week, too, with those holes. You know, I mean, let's yeah. not forget what this guy's done. No one in the history of the game averages more yards per game than Bell. You know, he's a phenomenal player. But I also thought that he's somewhat of a declining player last year. Um, that being said, Dale Lawley and I, you know, we host our, that the Steeler Nation radio show every day from 4 to 6. And we went through the league on Friday. And he asked, we went team by team and figured out, who would you trade Connor for at the running back position straight up in the league? And it was a pretty short list. I mean, we, we, th- we talked about um, age as well. We didn't factor mm-hmm. in contracts. But there was... Maybe 10 dudes. I mean, Kareem Hunt and McCaffrey and Gurley and Elliott and Barkley. I'm not saying he's one of those guys, but you look around the league, he's a really good player at his position now, and I don't yeah, think it's a fluke. I, I, I agree with that. I think he's entering into that conversation. He's not yeah. on the level of the best backs in the league just yet, but he certainly should be entering himself into that conversation as he continues to do this week in and week out. Um, the other thing coming out of this football game that I, I worry about with the Steelers, because again, we're, the, the Steelers are riding high right now. I mean, three-game winning sure. streak, uh, uh, or what is a four-game winning streak now. Uh, you know, th- this team is th- this team is playing really well. But the worry for me is I look around the league at the teams that are playing that are playing well, the top top teams, the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Patriots, and I ask myself. Are, are, is the Steelers' offense consistently good enough to compete with those teams? This is a weird year where defense you know, is kind of thrown out the window. Especially it doesn't matter most, that much, right? It really doesn't, right? I mean, Just you watch get a these, stop here and there. Yeah, I mean, you watch these games where the, the top teams face one another, right? The Steelers played the Chiefs earlier this year at a 42-37. to 37. The, We just watched the Rams and Saints in another shootout. And I ask myself, can, can the Steelers win those games consistently? Is this offense, is Ben Roethlisberger, is that offense – Ready. I'm just, I'm not sure that they're on that level yet. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, are they a top five offense? No, you know, I mean, because there's such amazing offenses out there. Like I did, I just talked to Panthers, I just talked to Falcons. Those two are great offenses, and nobody even mentions them as one of the best offenses in the league. You know, I mean, so it's not hard to build a list of really, really good offenses or offenses better than Pittsburgh's. And that actually leads me to my question for you. And this is going to kind of, 
sound like I'm putting a damper on the win or how this team's playing, but I still see major inconsistencies with Big Ben. I do. Yeah, and that's yeah. That, yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, he is I don't want to uh, it sounds really bad, but he's Right, it sounds like we're killing the guy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. He he is the weak link of this team. If you're looking around right. the league and saying why can't the Steelers win the Super Bowl in 2018? The answer has to be because I'm not I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger to, to continue to play this well week after week, drive after drive like he's going to need to in order to to put up the amount of points that it's going to take to beat the Chiefs, to beat the the Patriots and then go into the Super Bowl and play the the Saints or the Rams and you know win three big games like that. I just I don't I, I don't I don't trust Ben at this point. Yeah, and even it, as and he's it's not like he's playing poorly. No, Again, no. It's, we're grading him on a, on, a, on a curve here, right? Right, exactly. I mean, you're comparing them to the best teams in the league, and the goals in this town are always the same as to win the Super Bowl, and that's the thing that worries me most. And it goes back to the first matchup with the Ravens when it was a Ben game. Well, that didn't work so well, and the the offensive line now the offensive line and Connor now are the foundation, and that makes me happy. But and they're not masking the quarterback position. But he's not the driving force. And that's working, don't get me wrong, but it's worrisome compared to Brady and Mahomes and Rodgers and, you know, you know the list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, accuracy has been a problem at times, certainly decision-making at times. There was that drive at the end of the first – yeah, at the end of the first half that was just baffling. I don't know why the Steelers continued to try and get yardage on that drive when it felt like on every play. It was, first, it was it was a, a fumble by uh, McDonald, which was called back. He was clearly right. down. But then on the next play, doing? it was near – yeah, nearly intercepted, and then I, I think it was nearly another fumble. It was just a very strange sequence there, but it's the kind of thing. I mean, you know, how many times in this game did Ben kind of throw into traffic unnecessarily or things like that? And it's just – it's not – it's an every week thing for him where you just kind of wonder, Ben, what are you thinking on that play? Mm-hmm. You can't have that in these, in these big moments. Like you said, it's going to be one play here, one play there. When you get into those big matchups, you can't have those silly mistakes. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, it, it, physically he ain't what he used to be, and whenever – it used to be – my whole life, you'd watch him and be like, okay, the three, four seconds into the play, something good's going to happen here. Now I'm like, oh, no. Oh, good. Yeah. Throw it away. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> you know, just, just live for tomorrow. Don't, don't do that, Ben. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But as you age, you can't, you know, the magic tricks aren't always there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, early in his early in his career, I mean, he was kind of compared to Brett Favre a little bit in the kind of magic plays that he would, mm-hmm. you know, that he would make. And, Look, Brett Favre's career at the end, right? I mean, he he just interception machine near the end there, and and a lot of people worried that would happen with Ben. That hasn't happened, right? I mean, to to Ben's credit, he's kind of transformed his game a little bit. He's been better as a pocket passer and not kind of the sandlot quarterback that he was early in his career. But those moments, the crazy moments, still come out. And you're right, physically, he's not able to make those plays anymore. And I think, I don't know, it, it feels like in some ways he just doesn't see the field as well anymore. It's it's a weird, it's weird with Ben. Um, but that, you know, that's who he is right now at, at this stage of his career. Yeah, and, and I feel like even today that the, where the Steelers controlled the action, there's a chance he could have been the best player on the field, you know, a bounce or two here and there, or even a better chance, maybe if everything goes wrong, you see a Jags six turnover type game. You know, like, yeah. it's, just, yeah. it's just so volatile. You never know what you're going to get, absolutely. Yeah. Tony, you are the man. Besides Locked on Steelers, where else can they find you? And then I want to tell everyone what else is going on this week on the Locked on NFL podcast. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Steeler Country. Be sure to check out Locked on Steelers on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Yeah, for sure. Um, I urge all of you to please leave all of us a, a uh, an iTunes review, especially the folks here from Locked on Steelers, Locked on Falcons, Locked on F- Panthers. I hope you have enjoyed this. 
Um, Tuesday, as usual, Sage Rosenfels will be joining me. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, I sit down with my buddy Mike Sando, and then I go back to my bookie every Friday and pick games. So I hope you're enjoying things. We're growing like crazy around here. That is a wrap. I will talk to you Tuesday.